0: Hello, folks. This is Over Social Number 7. I am Mighty Mike McGee, and today I would like to introduce you to my friend Duncan Shields. Whenever I think of Duncan, I smile. Duncan Shields is one of the nicest, one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life. He is hilarious. To say he is the funniest isn't fair to him, but I will say That if somebody asked me, randomly, who is the funniest person you know, he would definitely pop up in my mind. And then I would be forced to rank the four or five people that followed suit. And I wouldn't know who to pick. But I will say he is one of the funniest people I know. And that is still not fair to him, because it then puts it on you to listen for that humor in our conversation. And some of it will be there, but that's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation with Duncan is to delve into who he is and what he, what he has experienced with his friends, his family, his folks, his foes. I forgot to start recording when we sat down to talk in his kitchen. I forgot to hit the button, and we talk about it at the very beginning of our conversation. And I think he was a little mortified at first. But then, as friends do, we got right into the conversation that we had been having. We got right back into it, and everything was fine. I have such a bad habit of forgetting to press record in some of these conversations, but it made me consider the fact that while I wish I had caught whatever we were talking about because it was so good, that that's kind of what happens in real life anyway no one sets out to record their conversations with their friends so they can go back and listen to it and be re-inspired we have to let that inspiration sit within us duncan has inspired me countless times and i never recorded it so i'm grateful that i got to record as much of the conversation as i did get duncan shields is a good human being And I know that he has darkness in him, like a lot of us do. But Duncan's darkness comes out as light. He transforms it, and he turns it into something that will entertain an entire room. And honestly, I could see him on the big screen. I could see him on television, easily. And I know he would entertain the masses. Duncan Shields is such a good person. And I'm so honored to get to know him. I'm so honored to have had this conversation and to know that we'll have more. And I'm incredibly honored to introduce you to my friend, Duncan Shields.
1: And now let's go on location. We lose battery.
0: No, I didn't start recording.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Are you
0: kidding me? I'm not kidding. (laughs) If that thing is flashing, that's the the sign like, you better, hey, I'm over here waiting for you to press the button. And like, folks, those of you listening right now, at the very beginning of this podcast, (laughs) Oh, no. No. If if it makes you feel any better, I did this once to uh, a buddy of mine. We had been sitting outside. We've been talking for 40 minutes. Dear god. And I look down and I see that the light is flashing and I was like, "No." <laughs> Dear god. I need like a big I need to just put a sign on it that says you're not recording so that I'm always checking it, you know. Um Duncan Shields, <laughs> you were telling me something really beautiful about best friendship. Well, yeah, you asked me um
1: who my best friend is and I said I didn't have one. Right. And I was talking a bit about how social I have been in the course of my life. Mm-hmm. I was not a popular kid in high school or whatever until the end, until around grade 11 or 12 and then I was like am I and I started I hopped I went from Nelson and then I came down to Vancouver and I went to two high schools here. Failed grade 11 at one small alternative school and then went to a sort of a, a more of a uh, wealthy kid school and even though we weren't we just lived super close and um and but i started to realize i had i had actually a bit of a, a bit of a circle of friends but that's always that's always stayed with me like i went to i lived in scotland and the first two years i lived in scotland were like the the loneliest i've ever been in my life because mm-hmm. i moved from here with thousands of friends and going like all right a, I'm gonna go make thousands of Scottish friends of Scottish I mean I'm a stand-up comic I'm a sketch comic I'm all this you know I got yeah. all these people very very um, um, you know lots of lots of friends and then I moved to Scotland and then I was like what's up Edinburgh you know and they were like who are you like yeah. get lost it's not this like if you come here with a Scottish accent. You know, everybody's like, "I want to be your best friend," yeah. but if you go there with a Canadian slash American accent, they're like, "Oh, get fucked!" <laughs> yeah, it's you. Yeah. And uh, and so I walked in there with what I didn't realize was a, a ton of arrogance, and um, mm. and they're not. They're very they're a very salt of the earth people. And mm. then also, you've got um, Edinburgh and Glasgow, and they, there's a saying over there that you'll have more fun at a Glasgow stabbing than you will at an Edinburgh wedding. <laughs> right? Because edinburghs it's a very hard nut to crack. It's everybody's quite mm-hmm. reserved. They have their friends. Mm-hmm. They don't need more. So that was really difficult. So I, I went there and I had, I, you know, I, I worked there and, and and so I was there for like four years and a friend of mine came to visit me over there after hearing me talk about how I have no friends and it's really rough over there and it really sucks. And he came over and then we had a, I just announced that I was going to move back to Canada. I'd been there for like five years or something. So it was like a going away party or a birthday party or something like that at a local pub down the street from where I worked. And uh, like 300 people came to this party, <laughs> you know, and it was <laughs> like friends of friends of people that had been coworkers and lots of mm-hmm. people that, I've, that I'd met in this, this, uh, this friends group and people my, who were bummed to see you go bummed to see me go and like my friend who visited me Rick he was like uh i thought you said you were having a tough time making <laughs> friends here and that it was really lonely i'm like well it was and that was something that i still think but i am confronted right now with direct evidence that i'm incorrect yeah. <laughs> you know i'm very incorrect yeah so you know i grow up i grew up as a very solitary kid you know at escape you know entertainment to me is escapism Mm -hmm. get into books get into you know like so i've got this uh you know i I hear people talk about introvert extroverts these introverted extroverts Ambiverts. yeah ambiverts and i i I always feel like that because i've i've felt alone for my entire life even though i've got thousands of friends Mm -hmm. so it's weird to talk about best friend and we were talking recently uh well before we realized we weren't recording um where i get to know lots and lots and lots and lots of people and you'll meet another like sometimes people are like uh there's that joke like my, there's a my friend rick who came to visit me he knows a billion people he was a bouncer for a long time mm-hmm. very charismatic very energetic um, this other uh, woman named Jane Holmes, who I think you mm-hmm. you met, yeah. she's in, in, living in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. All right. Th- was yeah it was, and then so these people these those are those are two people I know that know thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Where you see a picture of them, mm-hmm. you see a picture of Rick standing next to the Pope. There's a chance someone would say. Yeah. Who's that guy in the point he had next to Rick?
0: <laughs> you know, like, well, it's, it's like, like, if, it, and they're, they're two of those people. Like, if you meet someone who claims that they're a very social person and they don't know either one of those two people, you're like, are you then? Are you? <laughs> do you? <laughs> are you? Do you know people? Yeah. Like, I, you don't know them.
1: I used to love having parties where I would invite people from like the, you know, 15 different social circles that I know so that they could meet each other and then, yeah. and, and, and maybe spark some friendships or some relationships or something. Uh, but occasionally I would meet people that um I was their only mm-hmm. friend or I was one of oh, their, yeah. one of their two friends mm-hmm. you know, and they'd be calling me up every you know couple days saying let's let's hang out or they'd drop by unexpectedly and say you know let's let's hang out or something and i'd be like i i, I can't i've got plans mm-hmm. I've, I've i've got stuff going on and there was always this you know kind of kind of strange thing where they would they would be rebuked mm hmm you know, or I would realize that I was really quite a big part of their life, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Well, I want to make time for you, and let's 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 hang out some more kind of thing
0: but did but did that feel more like a duty, you know, or like if I don't do this, I'm a bad person was it were you doing it beyond wanting to do it uh yeah, you know, there may have been a shade or
1: two of that a little sure. bit, but i yeah. wouldn't you know I wouldn't make the effort for someone I didn't like, true, you know yeah. like I recognize that. They're good people who don't just you know for whatever reason they don't have that that pile of friends, yeah, but also I just like I sort of recognize that if you ask me you know how many friends I have, you know i 'd say like well do you mean do you mean friends mm-hmm. or do you mean friends mm-hmm. right because I would say i'm pretty close with about four or five people, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. and uh, but I am acquainted you know yeah like and you know my acquaintances i don't mean that i like they come and go i don't care i mean people i love people i care about Mm -hmm. there are a lot of them
0: so i I, for this for this podcast i've really been trying to break down like friends family folks uh you know acquaintances folks tend to fall into like someone i wouldn't call a friend or family yet Mm. folks can be an, an audience Folks can be people I see. There's a woman I see on the bus uh, like every Thursday. Sure. We have the same schedule. We catch the same bus every Thursday. Her name's Christina. Mm -hmm. I found out only because I ran into her at a coffee shop one morning, you know. I was like, hey, you're the lady on the bus. She goes, yeah, you're the guy on the bus, you know. And so we talked, you know, and now I see her and we talk and I know she works for the county and Mm -hmm. she knows I teach kids, you know, and this and that. And she's Christina, you know on the bus, I couldn't tell you anything else about her, you know, other than she's a little older than me. And uh, she's an acquaintance, she's folks, you know, like I wouldn't call her a friend. Uh, I'm not invested in anything beyond our conversation on the bus, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think she'd be open to chatting more outside of that, but I feel like I've got a lot of other people who I wanna give that time to, you know? Hence this podcast. Hence talking about friendship, talking about that with people who I do love. But I would also love to have a conversation with her on the podcast about like the fact that we don't know each other, yeah, you know, sure. like that sort of thing. So this is not—it's not closed off to it. Did
1: I uh, did I talk already about the, the 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 shrinking of circles? No.
0: Where okay, yeah, like
1: no. um, like I was a very social person, and I think I was. Uh, I forget if I mentioned this. I think I was social to avoid confronting real life. Like, you kind of you you hinted at that. Yeah, yeah, I hinted at that, and then um, and then once I had a child, I had to spend less time mm-hmm. being social, like trying to get like you know it's that people in their 30s trying to get a weekly D&D campaign going. It's like, good <laughs> luck. I know at least four different groups of people doing that right like, now. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, like, what do we want? A and d campaign. When do we want it? I can't make it on Saturday. I have something going on that side. Well, how about two weeks from now? You know, you can't, yeah. you can't. it's really, really hard or a band or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I, I found that these friends that I would see, Every day, or you know, every every couple weeks, or something, I would start seeing every couple months, Mm -hmm. and everybody that I saw every couple months, I'd start seeing once a year, and anybody Mm -hmm. that I used to see once or twice a year, I just didn't see anymore. Yeah, it was a real gearing down. Once you once you started a family, once I started a family, and then once the pandemic hit, that you know got compounded, exponent, you know, like it was. uh, So I, I think a lot of people have suffered from a decimation of friendships as well as just, you know, getting older and drifting Mm -hmm. and,
0: uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. I've met, uh, so many of my friends have become drifters. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I am an ambivert. Yeah. I am someone who requires extroversion, Mm -hmm. olive oil. Um, and, uh, and I require introversion, you know, to a degree. I, I require solitude, I have to have solitude, gotta have some, gotta have some. yeah, right? uh, otherwise, I will burn out, I will go crazy. And I realized that um uh, I think, I think funny, funny enough, like I became an alcoholic from being on the road and, and just just, you know, I guess just nature, yeah, and um uh and that became enough of a problem to where I had people who loved me very much not want to hang out with me anymore. That's you know.
1: always the that's always the thing. <sighs> I think there's 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 probably three or four of those mm-hmm. where you're like, those jerks. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess they never liked me. Yeah. And then once you get into the six or seven or eight category or whatever your <laughs> limit it is, you're yeah. like, um, I know for a fact this yeah. person would have a lot of pain if they had to cut me out of their life, yeah. and they're doing it. Uh, so okay, maybe they're not jerks. Yeah, you know, but it it's different for everybody when that when that starts to kick in. Yeah, but yeah. Do you, do you like answering your phone? Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no, god no. If it's not not even. I mean, if it's a number I recognize, maybe I'll pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not a number I recognize, forget it. Never. Yeah. It's if somebody was making the the point that we went from we just collectively used voice phones. Mm for like 80 years before
0: we decided nah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not yeah well I, and, and for, for a long time I couldn't understand it I was like oh you get this great opportunity to connect voice to voice and I realized that everyone would prefer that you were face to face you know if you're going to have a conversation with somebody yeah you'd rather have it face to face I'd say that's true sure yeah um, but also too it's, it's which is not to say video phones no I no, don't mean FaceTime no, I mean no. sitting down yeah exactly yeah exactly um but i have i have a i i'm realizing more and more that the the circle that's the most important to me in my life because i have so many circles and many of them are yeah you know venn diagrams of of people um the main circle is who i will always answer the phone for right okay you know i'll always answer the phone for my mom if my mom's calling me and too. I can yep. get to the phone, I'm answering. Yeah, it. me too. Well, and, and as parents get older, you sort of like, oh, <laughs> 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 they're, they're either calling because they bought me pants yeah. <laughs> and they want to bring them over, you know, or, uh, or they're, you know, they're in a car wreck or something. You yeah. Know? Um, but that's, that's the circle, you know, I think like, yeah, I'll always answer the phone for that, those people. Um, and I might not even talk to them every year you know but there's certain people where i don't talk to them all the time i'm not i'm not the best at reaching out yeah you know i think because my circles tend to be so big you know yeah hi sonia um hey there. you you guys can't possibly interrupt this it's very natural <laughs> i already messed it up anyway so um but uh yeah so F- facebook uh really messed me up when it came to like friendship i and- think it messed a lot of people up yeah uh do you still use it on a daily basis
1: yeah, yeah i do but it's just out of force of habit and it's weird to be on there now because um there's i i i see i see the numbers of people that i interact with shrinking mm-hmm. and i see the average age base of the number of people that i have, that i interact with on facebook like rising and rising like there's yeah. like The the young people are like Facebook's yeah I don't know any kids who use it never right you know and even Instagram is like you know old people Mm -hmm. you know social stuff now you know like Mm -hmm. it's still it's it's interesting to me how I like I tried Snapchat once and it's a whole thing that came and went yeah right and TikTok is something I'm gradually starting to become familiar with now and I'm sure already the the (laughs) young people are leaving it in droves because it's too commercial and whatever it is you know yeah you know, probably already people going like, remember TikTok? And I'm like, is that like Vines? And they're like, what are Vines? I'm like, yeah. I'm old. Vines, it's a, that's like a Friendster, right? <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting to see how this um, the social networks are. It's it's turning 20 years old. And and the, um, yeah, but that whole thing of like friends in real life versus friends on Facebook, you know, it, it, it messed with a lot of people. And it's still messing with people in terms of chasing i guess you know that this 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 new problem of chasing likes mm-hmm. and tr- chasing that validation and, and somebody was saying like you know you're we are the monkey verse you know like where you've got you, you can comprehend 50 people mm-hmm. you can be close with around 50 people beyond that you ca- you can't really connect that much or if you or if you're trying to like when you read a What's that quote? Like, 100 deaths is a tragedy, 10,000 deaths is a statistic. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you read about a family of five that was killed in, a, in an accident, and you're like, that's awful. How many lives must that impact? But you read about 200 people dying in a train wreck, you're like, well, I, I theoretically, that sounds pretty bad. You know, like, mm-hmm. you can't quite... Wrap your head around it. Wrap your head around it. So And it's like, we're not geared for that. So when you do... When you're on Instagram and you get, you know, 50,000 likes, that's like getting God juice pumped into your veins. Or when you get 50,000 dislikes, yeah, you're like... I'm a horrible person. We're not geared to handle it. Mm-mm. Even as adults, that's too much to take. But when you're um, going through changes and you're 14 or 15 and your brain isn't even all the way there yet, you're getting into some real formative terrifyingly formative experiences
0: i i feel lucky in that i didn't i didn't have social media as a teenager super lucky i feel really lucky yeah um and i feel but and and i I do feel that there are plenty of young people out there who are going to handle it fine yeah they're going to be fine totally i don't want to be like part of their it's part of their you know
1: not bad (laughs) social media allows us to connect yeah and that was that was something that like you know, like my mom's always like, "Oh, are you on your phone? Mm-hmm. You're wasting time. If you're looking at a screen, it can only possibly be for wasting time. Mm-hmm. It can only possibly be for entertainment." You mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, "This this object is a portal to so many my, realms. My job, <laughs> yeah. you know, like video games, connecting with friends, yeah. making arrangements. You know, there's so many things that I'm doing on here that are." so valuable so valuable and so important and it could be one of 20 or 30 different things
0: the technology doesn't bother me it's the um it's the the ease with which i am able to uh disappear the ease with which i'm able to uh zone out of something probably slightly more important you know uh there's plenty of things that i promised myself i would do and then i'm not doing it and it makes me wonder like should i just should i promise anything anymore to anyone ever (laughs) you know yeah because clearly i'm a procrastinator you know yeah um <clears throat> and then I end up you know with five interviews in one day <laughs> <laughs> um so what um wh- what was your what was your upbringing like What was it like with your grown up oh I grew up in
1: nelson a very small town in b c
0: about ten thousand
1: eight thousand people and it was a it was an interesting town because it was, a, it was a gold rush town and then it was a mill town It was a gold rush town till the gold ran out a mill rushed a mill town until the mill shut down. And then it was invaded by a bunch of draft dodgers from the Vietnam Mm. War. They're conscientious objectors or whatever who fled and came there. And then, so there's a lot of hippies in the 60s and 70s. And then someone told me it had the most lesbians per capita of Mm. any city in um, Canada, which I'm like, I would believe. Mm. A lot of of single parents, uh, a lot of arts and crafts, you know, like someone said to me, hey, you come from Nelson. Do you play that instrument that they play in Nelson? And I said, you mean the bongos? And he was like, no, no, the other one. And I'm like, oh, the didgeridoo? He's like, yes, <laughs> that's the one. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I got it. Like he's, he, yeah. you know, and um, so I grew up in that community. My parents were hippies. Uh, I was extremely unpopular in, uh, in, in schools in uh, elementary school or whatever well do you have you figured out why social awkwardness i'm not uh you know like i was never really raised to be charming or raised to ingratiate myself or anything Mm -hmm. like that so i don't think i was i was very very skinny and very trusting and very loving Mm -hmm. so i was like meat for wolves target yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and uh and comedy was a way to fight that or whatever. But I glowed up, like I really glowed up. I really blossomed, and it took me a while to figure out that I was like actually pretty good looking, and I was a really tall kid, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I kind of throughout my twenties kind of abused that because I knew what it was like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, hideous and unwanted. You wanted,
0: you wanted to taste the other side.
1: I wanted to taste the other side, and I knew it was ephemeral. I knew it was temporary. Mm. So I was like, "Wow, this is happening." You knew this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I think I still have some, um, some, some You're a very handsome some man, some power or whatever. But it, it has it has faded. But I I, I get that 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 I mean, that's 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 where that happened. But in terms of the upbringing, and then my parents had a really really awful breakup. And uh, our family kind of exploded, and, and then we started going between Vancouver and Nelson, my brother and I, and uh, yeah, I don't know, everything kind of fell apart. So I I, I had a refuge of books, I had a refuge of movies. Like movies to me, like that summer of 1982 changed me forever. Oh Jesus! Was like the thing and Poltergeist and Conan and right, Blade Runner, Star, Star Trek II. Like it was just E. T. It, it was ridiculous mm-hmm. that that Tron. That whole uh, that whole summer was just off the charts. And uh, so I've always been a person who disappears into media if the media is good. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of wake up afterwards and come back to here. So that's always been my way to escape. But I also, you know, I'm a very social person. I want other people, started of being reciprocal, Mm -hmm. saying, oh, you're so funny. And, oh, I like being around you. I'm like, let's have some more of that. And, uh, yeah, made tons and tons and tons and tons of friends. So. And people would like you know people people would say to me like you've got two thousand friends, but when I'm with you, I feel really special, and you mm-hmm. pay a lot of attention to me, and I, you feel like you really connect with me. But I can't trust that because you've got like you know all these friends. Mm-hmm. I can't be special to you. Mm-hmm. I'm like you are though yeah like you are and i, I the reason why you feel
0: like I'm giving you hundred percent of my attention is because i am so so as somebody who is a, 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 an ambivert and yeah. and who who really can lean heavily into either or uh extrovert yeah or introvert it's a trip it's a little weird i oh you know I battled with that for a while I battled sure. with the idea that like am i really a caring person person or am I just collecting people and that's
1: yeah you know whenever somebody would approach me like that like I remember was it there was a couple of girls who were like you're like a car salesman Mm. and it hurt you know I was like what I was like I'm just you know if I was like if if my extroverted tendencies if I never displayed them Mm -hmm. um I'd just be in the corner Yeah. I'm not talking to anybody. Yeah. And I wouldn't have any friends and I wouldn't get to know all these cool people and I wouldn't, you know, have the life I have. So I, but I want to have the life I have. So it's Mm not, you know, it's not all performative, Mm -hmm. but it is stuff I've learned. So I can see how people think it's insincere. There is, there has been some practice. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, uh, but that would always kind of sting when I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not insincere. This isn't a, Uh, a car salesman dynamic i'm Mm -hmm. not just you know i do care but it's tough but i see where they're coming from at the same time i'm like well you're picking up on a vibe that's there Mm -hmm.
0: you know but it's not it's not intentional yeah it's not necessarily it's not necessarily directed towards them yeah um yeah i i i I fully understand what you're saying Mm -hmm. um and so now coming out of the pandemic um what do you find where are your desires when it comes to
1: i'm trying to socializing.
0: Find out what that's about
1: because now that i mean if we are coming out of the pandemic you know i never got covid um same Knock and, on yeah knock on wood it freaks me out and i'm like uh am i the only one <laughs> there's 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 dozens of us and uh but I've like I went to see the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. and I had like four minor panic attacks during the uh, where I was like I have to leave, I have to leave, I have to get out of here. And I was just just write it out, just write it out, just write it out. Adrenaline just like coursing through me, and I'm trying to just you're masked, here. you're not freaked out, but yeah, yeah but uh, this this there wasn't five people in the theater. This was like. A screening mm-hmm. a, 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 you know it was a, i think it had opened a week previous or whatever so there was lots of people there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i was really 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 uncomfortable with it because it has been two and a half years of uh not even going to a movie no yeah, crowds right yeah so that's changed in me so that kind of i'm always nervous in a room full of people now i'm like oh my god i don't know if this is a good idea but i also because i spent so much time with my family and enjoyed it so much like mm-hmm. i'm wary of reverting to mm-hmm. um i got something happening on monday wednesday oh also tuesday and then there's that thing on thursday and friday we're gonna go do that thing mm-hmm. saturday I've, i was like you know you, you make all these unrelated plans and then you realize
0: oh geez i'm busy every night but and but so much of that is habit though right where you're like yeah you know for me it's it's right up to <laughs> it was March twelfth, twenty twenty. I was about to host this our, our second comedy open mic at this new venue, mm-hmm. and we're kind of and the the restaurant is pretty full. There's a lot of people eating, you know, and this is pre masks. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't pushing masks back in San Jose, and um, so we're kind of looking around. We're like, you know, this thing seems. This, this COVID thing seems like it's going to be serious. And they're talking about possibly doing a shutdown, you know, like it's kind of crazy. And we actually have a decent crowd here tonight, but I don't know if we should be sharing microphones, you know? Mm-hmm. And so me and, and the, the collective that were running this comedy open mic decided, you know, we're going to go ahead and cancel it. So we canceled it and everyone in the restaurant just kind of looked at us like, oh, there was going to be a show, whatever. <laughs> <You know>? Like <laughs> yeah. it didn't make any difference, you know? <laughs> And then we went home and then I didn't leave my house for like nine months. Yeah. (laughs) I think, well, I mean, I, I still went, you know, I masked up once we started masking, uh, I masked up and like would go buy groceries and things like that. Like I the idea of ordering everything just felt wrong to me. Yeah. Um, we collected so much packaging. Oh, just from when you got that many housemates, you know, but, um, but yeah, and, and and so all my shows were died off, mm-hmm. obviously, immediately, instantaneously. Some of the venues I did those shows in are gone. Yeah, you know, and uh, and it made me really do a, a deep, mm. deep assessment, you know, of my social life and the things I was doing. And I, I thought, well, there was a point in my life where I wasn't doing all those shows in San Jose. I was somewhere else doing something else. You know. Mm. This will be okay. And I sort of welcomed the, the, the break, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't love not seeing and hugging people. Yeah. I did not love that. Oh, well, hugs was, the absence of hugs was awful. And I remember at one point, it was like summer of 2020, I was getting so mad at, at like germs and bacteria and disease. <laughs> I was like, I'm never hugging anyone again. When this is over, I'm fist bump at most, you know? And it was just like, as soon as I had a chance... As soon as I got, like, my second shot uh, of the vaccine uh, and I got to hug a yeah. person, yeah, I was like, I'm going to hug for the rest <laughs> of my life. There's going to be so much hugs. There's going to be so many hugs. And I, yeah, like, there's
1: people I know that are great huggers and I've um, yeah. just been, like, waiting for the day. And that's, like, one of my oldest friends, uh, Rebecca, I've known her since I was, like, 15, she came over to my place, I don't know, like... Uh, three months ago i guess or something like that so like things are kind of okay and hugging is kind of okay yeah and uh yeah so she walked in and we hugged each other and like we like clung to each other yeah like the hug like we're like okay we'll let go when it feels good to let go and it was like two minutes Yeah. (laughs) just like i'm i'm not letting go yet and it was really really intense and i think it caught us both by surprise it's like yeah. god the lack of contact for for someone when contact's important to you yeah and the lack of contact is just like it's like starvation it's um it's pretty
0: intense i know what you mean yeah um i think that's a good time for us to take a little break well all right this episode was recorded at duncan's house in east vancouver british columbia east van bc is one of my most favorite places in the world. Duncan lives right off of Commercial Drive, and I have spent as much time on Commercial Drive as I have on my own block here in San Jose. I miss Vancouver all the time. Some of my highest highs and some of my lowest lows have been in Vancouver and throughout Canada. I've seen more of Canada than most Canadians have. I love it. I absolutely love it there, to the point where I've considered marrying various people so that I could live there. I've considered a number of reasons for staying, but San Jose always brings me home. And then when I'm really sick of San Jose, Canada always calls me back. Uh, I live in sort of a split world, thanks to East Van. Now, some of you have probably wanted to go to Vancouver. If you've never been, you should go. But this is not a commercial for the city of Vancouver. Uh, I, would, I would recommend visiting it, sure. But this is, more of a, this is more of a plea for you to go and see East Van. Commercial Drive is where I really learned so much of who I needed to become as a performer. My poetry, my spoken word, even my musicianship, which is limited, all has a home in Vancouver. I learned so much there from folks like R.C. Waslowski, Shane and C.R. Avery, uh, Lucia Mish. you know. There's so many names that I could name of people who have had such an impact on me who live in Vancouver, uh, or who have lived in Vancouver at least. And I am just absolutely floored every time I go back. Commercial Drive is this wonderful stretch. It used to be a lot more bohemian than it is now, but it's not gone, it's not, it's not finished being sort of an artist's thoroughfare. So if you're going to go to Vancouver, you must spend some time in East Van. I recommend it. Go sit at Grandview Park. Get yourself some poutine at Belgian Fries. Explore. Go see a show. Go see a local show. Go watch the many, the countless performers throughout East Van putting on shows in their neck of the woods, the people who entertain their own neighbors—it is a remarkable place, truly is. Please go visit East Van and tell a mighty Mike sent you. Ah, good. There we go. There it is. Look Phew. at. And, I tell you, people. So you got to <laughs> push the button twice. Just those of you who don't know, always push the button twice. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just do it. Push me twice. Um, Push me twice. Shame so on me. For those of you listening at home, Duncan Shields is six foot six. Tall we're guy. talking about uh, his tallness, his his thickness. <laughs> um, um, but it's funny because I mean I'm, I've always been so short, and so um, I don't think of height as um, I don't. I I guess it would be appealing, but I've always just been sort of happy with who I am and what I am. Mm-hmm. And you were just saying like you know you're. You're a six-and-a-half-foot-tall bag of hangers. B- that- bag of coat hangers, Bag yeah. of coat hangers. Um, when did you... Have you always been comfortable in your own body? No. No. When would you say you... Are you comfortable in your own body? I don't know.
1: I don't... Uh, not now. No. You know, I'm, like, constantly trying to sort of lose a few pounds, and I'm I'm 50, so it's, like the mirror is cruel, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's, and then growing up, I was like, so skinny. And like, every time there was like, the day that Jim became an elective in high school, mm-hmm. maybe the best day of my life. Oh, <laughs> like when I had to stop being forced to participate in team sports, which to me was like a ritualistic torture. <laughs> I was yeah. not, uh, not into it. And then with the, whenever they were trying to decide teams, it was like shirts versus skins. And I was like, Please God, let me not be on the skins team yeah. again. And uh, I think a lot of people had that experience, but I was, you know, not comfortable in my body for a very long time. I guess maybe until I was nineteen or twenty and realized that I was. Oh, I became grateful for the attractiveness that I had. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, whatever level that was, it was more than zero, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Cool I wouldn't know I don't think I'm comfortable in my body But I can, I can run fast You, you bloomed and, and, I, and I bloomed And, I, and I, I was I could walk into a room And not be instantly ashamed You know And I was mm-hmm. uh, There's a lot of that That comes with height mm-hmm. If you're a tall person It's very um, It's so appealing I it mean ch- It changes everything It's very interesting to me Because I'll, 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 I'll notice it Where we're all having a conversation About where to go next you know what 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 place should we go to next or where should we go for dinner and then people will have a little conversation amongst themselves and then they'll all look to me hmm. as like the, the That's so weird. the arbiter or something but yeah. it's like a bunch of sunflowers it's not conscious yeah they're not like uh yeah let's talk to duncan he knows everything they're just they just look to the tallest person there's the i think there's a, a built-in reflex to authority because your parents are taller than you for so much Mm -hmm. of your life and that imprints on you i don't don't really know what it is but there's
0: have you had strangers react to you in a way i mean i guess you must you must have had strangers react to you one of my
1: yeah i remember i was in edinburgh i was walking along and there was this little guy with down syndrome who i ended up just walking beside for like two blocks
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and uh and he kept out of the corner he kept looking at me out of the corner of his eye and then and then i would sort of look at him and he would look back down at the ground and then he would look at me out of the corner of his eye then i'd look at him and he'd look back down at the corner of the ground look back down at the ground and i'm like what's going on here what's happening with this guy you know and then uh, we get to a stoplight, and we're standing next to each other and he looks up at me again and i look at him and this time he doesn't look away and he just goes you're tall (laughs) (laughs) Like with a big smile on his face (laughs) that I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) You know, it was such a beautiful, honest moment. And uh, so, like, you know, sometimes like that people, people, or they don't notice because I'll be sitting down with them or I connect with them on such a face and eye level. yeah that like unless they're like suddenly they'll be like next to me in an elevator or something and they'll be like oh my oh, god oh my you're god. like you're yeah. like really tall yeah. like i've known you for two years what is mm-hmm. this
0: you know so i've gotten a i've gotten similar reactions but on the opposite end where i'll be on stage performing you know and i yeah. definitely and like much like yourself you know i think we both have sort of bigger than life personalities on stage we can be very you know commanding on stage mm-hmm. and that, that helps a lot And I'll get off stage, and I've had on more than one occasion people come up and go, You are so much shorter than I thought. Yeah, sure. I'm like, Oh, golly, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gee, well, geez. uh, I don't hear that
1: one enough, you know? Um, Yeah, like sometimes people will meet me and they'll say, Mike said
0: you were handsome. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, um, and I and I do. I you. Are, I think you're a very handsome person, um, and I'll say it till the day I die. Um, <laughs> what were Mike's final words? That Duncan Fields is still a handsome man. Ah, but he didn't know that Duncan left just an hour before him. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. You know that story with Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, the American presidents. No. So um, they were. They both, you know, they both put together, they both cobbled together the Declaration of Independence. You know, they, John Adams guide helped guide Jefferson, he and, he and Benjamin Franklin. And um, um, in no way am I saying that these are both great men by, by any means, but uh, historically speaking they're important. Uh, and uh, they became very close friends. Uh, and then had a falling out and I, I, I can't I can't pinpoint exactly why or when the falling out was but it was earlier on in their careers and there was a lot of I think a lot of it was that uh, Adams was the second president and then Jefferson was the third president and I know that they they definitely had their falling out around their presidencies mm. um, and because uh, they both had very different ideas about the the direction of the this new country right and um, So they had a falling out and I think it was their wives that said, you guys were such good friends, you know, you should reach out. And one of them wrote a letter to the other and the other one responded and they would like argue in their letters, but then they would talk about the good times and this and that. And they ended up being pen pals for for many years and they would go and visit each other and they were. They'd become very fond of each other. And they both lived into some ripe old ageery, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Declaration of Independence was 1776, right? So here comes the 50th anniversary, July 4th, 1826. Right. They both die the same day on the oh. 50th anniversary of the declaration, the signing of the My Declaration Gosh. of Independence. And Thomas Jefferson's last words, I think it was Jefferson's last words, was, um, uh, i I die knowing adams still lives and he didn't know that adams had actually died three hours earlier
1: oh okay yeah that's cool i thought you were gonna say they did some thelma and louise
0: oh yeah uh, (laughs) they got into a 50th anniversary we've lived enough let's do it you know horse and cart (laughs) off into a grand canyon
1: (laughs) keep going
0: of which they probably didn't even know existed.
1: Yeah. Tell the driver to keep going. <laughs> the driver's like, "What?
0: What are you what? guys? I'm not no, part no, no, of this. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, me and the horse. <laughs> we'll push you off. We'll push. Yeah. We'll push. <laughs> you old fucks. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I don't even. I don't even remember why I told that story. Um, oh, the death. Yeah, deathbed shit. Yeah. Um, I just. I, I. love that. I mean, it, who knows? It could be apocryphal, but every history book adds. Oh, that all those. In. Yeah, all those ones
1: was it oscar wilde said either that wallpaper goes or i go and then he died
0: oh yeah I, you know
1: like, maybe did it i don't know sure but you know what the, i hope so so
0: many of those about oscar wilde yeah. you know like if you read court transcripts uh because he was i mean he he was on trial a couple times if i'm not mistaken for um, yeah, yeah. like uh, was it for homosexuality
1: uh well definitely once or twice for that maybe yeah. for maybe for public lewdness or offending a, 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 an official an aristocrat or an aristocrat
0: uh, uh, Oscar Wilde is fascinating to me
1: he's a fascinating character very fascinating I just read a quote of his the other day I'm not young enough to know everything <laughs> right oh uh, um, yeah. yeah great this it's guy so smart and it's all flip you know like the, the famous uh, Monty Python sketch you you know there's only one thing worse than eating a donut, and that is not eating a donut <laughs> Oh, wild, oh, wild, you're so witty, and it's like, okay, All you know right. like, okay, there was a lot. or like uh, the Sphinx and Mystery Men. Mm. It was like, if you don't master your anger, what? my anger will master me? Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> uh, well, no. no, that's not what I was gonna like you can you can you can sound I used to have this uh, so erudite this game with a friend of mine where we would try to make up aphorisms and sayings oh, yeah. that didn't actually mean anything yeah right like yeah. it would be like you can't carry water in a basket was <laughs> was one of them you know and uh and then
0: it sounds like and, you want your brain fights to make it work yeah you
1: know? <laughs> yeah you know and i love i love doing that but that you know i think that wild was the king of 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 the obviously a very witty man I'm not trying to say that he was reaching for low-hanging fruit and got lucky like he obviously one of the wittiest people that's ever been a fascinating life
0: I think I think uh, a good counterpart to Wilde is Mark Twain sure Uh, I think he he also has maybe not quite as maybe not quite as uh, tongue-in-cheek yeah as as Oscar Wilde Mark
1: Twain got pretty raw he did and he He had a darkness oh yeah
0: yeah for sure um, came in with Hallie's comment. Went out with Hallie's comment. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, who um, y- you are, and I'm going to say this to your face. To your face, <laughs> you are one of the funniest people I've ever known. Oh, stop! No, 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 stop. I, no. I, I mean that. Okay. I mean that. You have done things with just just your eyes <laughs> that have made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Thank you. Mike. And I, I'm I'm saying this because I think it's important to share those things with the people who do it. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, I've learned a lot from you about humor, about comedy, subtlety. Awesome. Um, and, um, uh, humor is so important to me. It's, it's, there are days where I'll wake up and I'll be like, you know what? I'm so mad at the world. I'm so disappointed in the world that I just, you know, I'm not even going to try to make people laugh anymore. And that lasts for about 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah, you sure, know, sure. because it's just, that's part of me. It's vitamin H, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I and i generate so much of it on my own that it's like it's like vitamin d right you know mm. i i got to share it i have too much of it in me i want to share it and I, I love i love the sound of people laughing it's great it is so intoxicating mm-hmm. whens do you remember the do you remember like the first times that you you got a room full of people to laugh
1: uh yeah i was in a comedy troupe in the early 90s called The Legend of Bonefish We just graduated I had just graduated high school and went to a New Year's party at a friend of a friend's place mm-hmm. and um, and they were putting together a comedy troupe and they I, they thought I was hilarious and so I went um, to one of their first meetings or whatever and we wrote some sketches and when I read out I did a sketch called uh, If Falcons Were Pranksters mm-hmm. and it was So like, the whole like he would, uh, they would ask you know how what are the odds of this succeeding and he'd be like well the odds are, you know four hundred twenty eight thousand point two three six to one and then they'd be like oh my gosh and they'd turn around and then behind their backs he'd be like I guess (laughs) and uh, you know every time their back was turned he'd like he'd like take his uh, take his fake ears off and wiggle them around and then put them (laughs) back on and then there was one where uh he tells sulu uh oh wow well, we we can't possibly go past uh, warp six and then um and then the captain's like okay sulu let's go to warp seven and sulu's like oh we can't go to warp seven we can't go past warp six and he's like spock is this true and spock's like no <laughs> <laughs> and so they kick they kick Sulu off the bridge. Yeah, and he's like, "But, but, but Spock said to the break Mister. I mean now." And he, as he leaves the bridge, he's got a "stun me" sign taped to his back,
0: <laughs> yeah. right?
1: And uh, and so like I'm telling them this sketch, and they're crying with laughter. Yeah. and I thought it was maybe kind of funny. Yeah, and I was kind of hoping it would land. Yeah, but they were like they they were like like really it was killing them. And there was yeah. just three of them in the room. And so that was one of the first times I was like, oh, okay. Like, I like, I love making people laugh and I love making people happy and making yeah. a room of people. You know, to do it one on one takes such a long time. But when you've got a room, you're like, oh my, yeah. I just made like, you know, 500 people laugh at yeah. the same time. This is like, now we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's a rush from it, of course. Mm-hmm. At, uh, but yeah. I don't know. That was one. one and, or And common, and, and the, the the slam was another one, too. Like, I'm generally surprised when I am successful in front of a crowd.
0: But what, how many times have you been ex- successful in a, front of
1: a poetry slam crowd? A lot. And okay. that's what's weird. That's what I don't get about myself, is every time I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like, whoa, you know, or like, phew. And uh, I'm like, but dude... <laughs> but I, I think this is a common occurrence. In, uh,
0: yeah, exactly. And isn't it isn't an audience just a collection of people? Uh no, an pop- audience that's a whole other podcast. An audience is uh <laughs> I mean we could yeah, we could go on and on and on about it. An audience audiences.
1: is a is a beast, is its own it's a it's a, a it's a Borg unit.
0: But it's know? all the it's 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 just all the all the concentric circles coming together, isn't yeah. it? That yeah, is, you know, it is. I mean, it, I mean, it's this most simplest. I think that's the simplest way I can put it, but that's a
1: good way. It was a very poetic way of putting it. It,
0: it. It's for me, it's I got teased like crazy, sure, all through elementary school, middle school. Uh, going into high school, it started to taper off, yeah, because kids were just maturing, you know. Yeah, uh, and I got I was really lucky that I had basically built up all these comebacks in my head that I never used, mm-hmm. and then finally, just grade eight, just you know what screw you guys. You insult me, I'm giving it back tenfold. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm either going to become a bully or a class clown. Luckily, I I wanted class clown. I did not want to become a bully. Sure, sure. And um but the 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 it was so nice to have that skill of being able to walk into a room and go, "Okay, no one here knows me." Um, and before anyone could possibly attack me, because I feel shameful, because I hate my body, I hate the fact that I have a birth defect, I hate this and that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to win them over with the only thing I have, sure, and that's laughter, right? I'm going to win them over. I'm going to decidedly come in here, and I'm going to make them my friends. You know? Yeah, and I wonder sometimes,
1: like, do you think that's camouflage? Oh, yeah. You know, and and that's that's something that's always like are you hiding behind
0: your talent? I think for a long period of yeah, time I was. I think that's that must be part of it. In, into my twenties, and then and then it was obvious that like as I you know as I got into my mid twenties, well, I had, my my social group after immediately after high school was um, a very like willing social group you know we were we all wanted to be together mm. and no one if they judged me they certainly didn't say it out loud yeah, you know sure um, and uh they seemed very loving and it, I was the guy in the group who like taught everyone how to hug you know sure Yeah, I had friends that were coming no no I'm not a hugger you know and fast forward you know I see them now and like uh, you know with their kids and their spouses and what have you and they're like alright give Uncle Mike a hug yeah <laughs> you yeah. know uh, I was like, if they want, you know, That was another sorry thing I with
1: It's like people like, oh, Duncan, you're such a good hugger. And I'm like, not against people that are like, right. sometimes like they'd say to their friend, you know, like, hey, you got to hug Duncan. He's a great <laughs> hugger. Go hug him. And yeah. they'd be like, I don't, I'm not I'm really not, a hugger. Yeah. Like, no, you have to. And I'm like, they don't actually. They, they really don't. Yeah. It's a team effort. Yeah. And the hugs that, like, that yeah. really—it's an agreement. In, it's an agreement, <laughs> you know. Like first,
0: first verbal, um, then physical. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but then that that
1: camouflage of like, of you know, if you've, if you're good at making people laugh and you and you want to, uh, you, you're magnetic and good and stuff like that. But it's an act, yeah. or at least something that you've learned. Or yeah. and then uh, and then they're like they reject you. Mm-hmm. You're like jokes on you. You don't even know me. But then, after a while, you're like, "Oh, wait a second! Nobody knows (laughs) me." me. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, I think, I because I'm the kind of person where, um, I you know, I I can have a bad temper. You know, I can I can. Yeah, I've
1: seen that very once in a while, and it was really it was surprising to me. But I get
0: when when did you see it?
1: Oh, I guess when you were starting to uh, realize that you needed to do something about your drinking, oh yeah, and that and and parts of it were. Were 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 leaking out, and some of your aggression and antagonism was leaking. It was it wasn't like towards me; it was just stuff that you yeah. were telling me about, or or, yeah. Yeah. or mm. uh, you know incidents that I'd heard about, or something. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, Mike McKee, you know. And yeah. uh, but that's not uncommon. Like I've I've, no. I've had that with other friends too, where they <clears throat> exhibited behavior that I had no idea was latent. Mm-hmm. That they were always uh, fighting, yeah, and successfully because I had no idea. Sure. And,
0: uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, how many people have we known that have been sort of like, you know, sort of uh, unwelcomed in the community, you know, Mm -hmm. and and sort of pushed away who we maybe really enjoyed. We enjoyed their company. We enjoyed, you know, being part of, you know, and there there was a short period of time where I really believed like I would not be welcome in Vancouver ever again.
1: And yeah, which I'm like, uh, dude, you're gonna have to do more than that to ever be unwelcome <laughs> here again. Like, <laughs> right. you, but you beat yourself right.
0: up about it so much oh, more gosh, than yeah.
1: everybody else does. Uh, uh, uh,
0: sobriety has been the best thing that's ever happened to good, me, but good. uh, so was Scotch. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, for <laughs> yeah. sure. um, you know, and I, I yeah, and I, I think, like, I think if I didn't love people um i would um it would be really hard to love myself enough to make the changes mm. to then go and to be able to continue to love those people directly yeah and yeah. not from afar and wish you know, like oh i wish things were better it's like well if things are bad and everyone around you thinks that it's bad then you have to look at yourself you, you know to, yeah. what is if there's a if um if, you, if, if, if one third of the people in a room are assholes, and you look to the person to your right, and you know they're not an asshole, and you look to the person to your left, and you know they're not an asshole, well, guess who the asshole is? <laughs> yeah, like said,
1: uh, if you meet uh, uh, an asshole on the way to work, then you met an asshole on the way to work. But if you meet nothing but assholes on the way to work, <laughs> you're the asshole, right? <laughs> you know, like, That's yeah, even better. Yeah. You, you know, you got to. Like, yeah.
0: and, and I've been an asshole. You know, um, uh, I have been, you know, and I I don't want to be, Yeah. you know, and I think some of it is you, you can't, you know, I, I, I used to say that, um, being a nice guy takes work. Yeah. It's a conscious effort. Mm. You strike me as a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Are there, when's the last time you really felt like the opposite where you're like, I'm not a nice person. Oh, every day. Yeah. (laughs) Like I've got a river of darkness. Yeah.
1: I think it was uh, I was on a I was listening to that Podcast They we were talking about Smartless Oh yeah Yeah and uh, And I think they had Ryan Reynolds on mm-hmm. And he's You know he's always got a, a You know A, a quip a, a quip You know <laughs> Nine of them in the In the in the clip And he talked about the uh, The pitch black Patchwork quilt That is his soul <laughs> And I was like uh, oh, 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 oh Yeah oh, That's great yeah, I oh, oh, love it Oh uh, I'd pay top dollar for that. uh, This friend of mine's got a picture. It's a a beautiful drawing of a of a little kid on a swing, but Mm -hmm. it's quite obviously the middle of the night. And I'm like, I love it. Yeah, love it. You know, and she again, she's a a, you know tall, attractive, smart, very vivacious person, right? But we you know like recognize as like I can see the darkness in her, and she sees the darkness in me, and uh, yeah, I've I've got that.
0: I've got a, um, and it's not as dark as I make it out to be. Sure, <laughs> I think well, it's dark. Well, you but. think it's dark because you're comparing it to what you project to the outer world, right? Yeah, you're comparing it to this to the most ideal Duncan Shields you can you can manage that in that moment at that time. Yeah, right? and my life to me
1: is um, a string of failures, mm. right? Like yeah. it's been I've I've succeeded at at nothing, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> I I laugh because I know that's not true. Yeah, right. And like anybody who knows me knows that's not true. Yeah. Right. They're like, "What are you?" It's like that uh, anecdote I was telling you about that friend that came to visit me in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Lonely, lonely Scotland, where I had no friends. None. And they had a party like in my honor for my birthday or something, and there was like you know 150, 200 people there. And their friends and spouses, who are also sad to see me go, so there's like a bunch of people there. And my friend was like, "You're standing
0: there lonely. I'm standing like you 300 know, This people. is this is lonely
1: Scotland where nobody knows me or likes me." And it was. Like,
0: and your friend is my friend's like, "Dude, Duncan, you got to get a handle yeah. on this, like You, <laughs> can, you can't." What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's you know my my mom's always referred to me as the 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 richest person she knows. Sure. And saying it to someone who's, you know, had been on food stamps for several years. Mm-hmm. Um and um but she says she's like, it's I know money is important to my mom, you know, and I, I say that only because I know she struggled for so many years, mm-hmm. you know, raising a bunch of kids by herself. Um but for her to say that, she's like, You're the richest man I know um uh means that she clearly doesn't read the news. No. <laughs> <laughs> No. A, a math is not her strong suit. No, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> no, she is not a math. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, my, it's one of my favorite compliments. Sure. You know, because like she recognized, even my mom recognizes, like, like you know, and, and it's, I love sort of watching her struggle when I'll mention a friend's name. I'll be like, so what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went and saw so and so and so and so, who I know she's met. Yeah. But she doesn't know that she's met them she has no idea and so she'll sort of struggle she'll like think for a moment like do i know do i know the two rickies you know do i know them you know and uh she'll be like are they the married guys or are they the like no 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 that's so and so and so and so she'll be like i don't i don't remember i was like it's okay mom like that's not your job you know to remember all of my friends you know because um, she's someone who's very content with like her two friends Yeah. She's so happy with her two friends. Which is awesome. Who she goes and plays darts with.
1: Yeah. You know. And it's quite a, I know quite a lot of people like
0: that. Were your parents social? Really social? Very much so, yeah. Is that where, do you think that's where you learned it first? Mm. through your parents? Maybe. I think
1: one of the, I mean, my parents both, they always talk to me like I was an adult. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. Sure and uh but one of the things that was good about that was that i wasn't really shielded from the troubles that they were going through Mm. and
0: like they they included you in it
1: they included me in it and again with all the good and the bad that comes with that like your child is not your equal Mm -hmm. um and you should not treat them like that in certain (laughs) situations right and uh But, like, you know, like Richard Pryor would come on Saturday morning cartoon shows and be like, and when divorce rates were going through the roof, and he would speak to the kids of America on, like, you know, like nine in the morning on ABC, and he'd be like, just remember, kids, you know, it's not your fault. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I'm real clear on that. I'm real clear on that.
0: So, did you see your parents as, because, like, I thought my mom was a god, you know? So, you Mm -hmm. must
1: not have. Not not as such, I mean we we both really liked uh my brother and I both really had a lot of love for our dad' because he grew up in the gutters of Glasgow from a huge family that was really abusive, and he didn't hit us even though we deserved it, and the urge on his part was there, he had a lot of anger, a yeah. lot of violence, a lot of anger, but he never took it out on us, so we broke the cycle, mm-hmm. you know, and that's incredible, uh, it's amazing,
0: especially in the seventies and eighties,
1: yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, and he like he grew up in the like the 30, the 40s, and he was in street gangs. He was in the military police. <laughs> um, you know, like standing up to his dad when he was strong enough to do so is one of his core memories. You know, yeah. and protecting his, his his siblings and stuff, and brutal, like brutal, but yeah. not uncommon in that part of the in that part of the world at that sure. time. Um, anyway, but yeah, we, we we really looked up to our parents, but at the same time, there's there's the, that disconnect because they mm-hmm. had their own stuff going on. And uh, we kind of had to fend for ourselves a little bit. So, anyway, but they were—they were always going to parties. Various, and my dad, you know, like I said, he's got a Scottish accent. He's tall. He's strong. He's totally down with violence. And uh, you know, if somebody crosses him, he's not just gonna demurely avoid conflict. Yeah. He'll mess somebody up. And you know, he's got red hair. So he's mm-hmm. a Scottish ginger. Yeah. Who's so smart and so well read? All these books on metaphysics and the nature of evil. And and he does stained glass. He's an artist. A lot of demons he's got to work with and contend with and read about and try to, you know, exercise and, uh, you know, transmute through the power of art and all that kind of stuff. So that was something that really rubbed off on me. And I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of of being an artist and the necessity of being an artist and the, 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 the therapeutic reasons for being an artist. And then, you know, yeah, my mom was just always she's so loved and she has so many friends. Mm-hmm. And uh just cuz everybody thinks, you know, Tina's the greatest. Yeah. And she is. She's she's still she's doing lots of art and retired for a long time. Tons of stuff to do. Like the the thing that the major takeaway I got from both of my parents is that nostalgia is a liar and there's no good mm-hmm. old days. Mm-hmm. right like there's no there, at no point was my dad like you know when i was 25 that was that those that those were great days like he never had that rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. 10 years ago was the best 50 years ago was the best yeah and my mom doesn't have that either they're very much like now's the best yeah and then like, i when, agree when my dad got like uh, terminal cancer he was kind of like I wonder what the next chapter is going to be like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of looking forward to it, kind of like, you know, but adopting a mindset of like, cause you know, very huge hippies, right? So we're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to become one with the cosmic dance and who knows what's mm-hmm. coming next and stuff. And, uh, that was very inspiring too. So I don't have this, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Oh, back when I was more handsome, that's when things were amazing. It's like, I, yeah. I, I try as hard as I can to be like, I wonder what's gonna come and, and stay in the present yeah yeah that's a challenge as it is for everybody it's a challenge to not but like it was uh Anne-Marie oakley who i might be dead naming and I, and I hope i'm not but um it they said in one of their poems um is a liar mm-hmm. and i just want to get that tattooed yeah because i can get the feels from nostalgia like something else
0: but aren't you you worried that you'll look at that tattoo and you'll
1: think back (laughs) (laughs) yeah remember when i got this tattoo that was amazing that was such a good time oh that was one of the best tattoos i ever got
0: (laughs) Uh, um so uh yeah i i think i like to reminisce um but i like i think i like to take that and go okay how can i how can i take some of the best parts of that and and make today better make the future better with the best parts because yeah I mean I didn't like struggling I didn't like pulling uh, I didn't like pulling drunk people off of people who didn't you know want a you know person punching on them you yeah. know I didn't like you know I didn't like having to deal with that stuff as a kid I didn't yeah. like you know but, there, but I also had really good times like my brother yeah. and I all we ever did was laugh sure all we ever did my, my brother's a very funny human being I'm gonna tell you a very quick story one morning this is how funny my brother is Um, and this, he was 14. I was 15. And we, me, my brother slept in one queen size bed. Um, and then directly across from us was another queen size bed. And I had three of my little sisters slept on that bed and five kids in one bedroom for about two years. And, um, and I was the oldest, I was asleep. My brother jumped over to my sister's bed and they were all sitting on the bed talking quietly while I slept. They were up before me. And apparently uh, all of a sudden I wake up to the sound of, just uproarious laughter from them mm-hmm. and I'm like what is going on why are you guys making so much noise and like did you hear what you said in your sleep I said like, no what And they're like you said fuck you Alan Austin and I was like what what who's Alan Austin and there's and my sisters have their hands over their mouths like they, they want a tattle cause yeah, they're like yeah. eight nine years old you know and uh and so it just seems it was just so, such a weird thing and then my brother but two or three weeks later, we're watching TV, and I'm flipping through the channels uh, with the remote, and I pass by a, an NCAA basketball game where a guy's at the free throw line. He's about to make a shot. And My brother loves basketball, so he's like, go back, go back. I go back to that channel, and the guy's at the free throw line. He's, he's bouncing the ball, and all of a sudden, his name comes on the screen and says, Alan Austin. Yeah. And my brother goes... I don't know why you hate that guy so much. <laughs> I may have told you the story last night, but yeah. now it's recorded forever. It's good. It's good. Uh, and it's that sort of like, my brother can call me and within seconds we're both laughing. Good, good. It's that, that understanding each other. Do you have that relationship with anybody where like like it's, it's It's so little is needed to connect? Uh, a few, uh, like my, uh, my friend
1: Sam Dalmage who was in the comedy trip with me um, that yeah for sure it mm-hmm. doesn't there's a little uh, the, the, the shorthand is in amazing yeah you know um yeah there's a few a few people like that there's so many so many memories and so much so like the deep core lore knowledge of each other mm-hmm. that you don't need uh you don't need just you know it's a look at an eyebrow raise and you're like yeah no i know you're talking about march 12th 2001 <laughs> you know and uh yeah but not it's not not too many no this, and I've always been like there was this i remember we went, I went to a burlesque festival in Vegas because i was I had a very big burlesque chapter in my mm-hmm. life. And because uh, you know I'm a, I'm a giant, and I'm whenever burlesque numbers are needed, they're like, okay, we need a short guy, we need a tall guy, you know, we need a baby face, you know, we need we need we need these like, things. Wow, you're all you're all six of them. or seven archetypes that we, we've got, and we're just warm props, where the mm-hmm. where the, the guys who are there to facilitate the show. And uh, I went down there, and there was this one woman, and she knew me. Mm-hmm. Never met her, but she knew me inside and out. And I don't know, like sometimes people just, like somebody who's like, oh, Duncan, you're so friendly. You could never hold a grudge. And she's like, oh, no, no, this guy, he mm-hmm. never forgets a slight. And, uh, He's a dark quilt. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, you know me really well. And I was mm. like, I don't know, it's just really weird. Sometimes you, you, you meet people and they, they just really, they, oh, see yeah? it, they see into you immediately. Oh, yeah. And maybe they're just like that. Mm-hmm. or uh, or maybe it's a unique thing with I, I that def- kind of chemistry yeah and uh you just feel naked in front of them in a way that they, they know you better than, than friends you've and, had for and, 20 I, years
0: i've been in that situation too where where not only do they seem to know me in and out but i'm now sort of frozen like the last thing i can do they've they've completely what's the word um they've taken away my power i can't make them laugh i mm. can't I can only communicate with them. And and not, okay. not in a bad way. Sure. Not in a bad way. But it's it's like, oh, my defenses are, are down. Like yeah. you you've 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 dropped my sword and my shield, so now I just have to be me, I have to be naked, mm-hmm. you know? And it's okay. You're not gonna hurt me, but I am not used to You know, like we were saying, I'm not used to standing here without camouflage on.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I remember uh, Kyle, uh, Lisa and Kyle. Yeah. Right? Like Kyle said that he knew that Lisa was the one when he'd spend like three weeks with her and he'd realize, whoa, I haven't had my game face on for three weeks. Mm. And we're still hanging out and having a really good time. And I was like, oh, what a great way of putting it. Yeah. You know? Uh, How did you meet Sonia? We, uh, she was a fan of the comedy troupe. So I've, I've known her since she was like 18 or 19 oh wow um yeah we had a a fling back in the day and then um she moved to the east Mm -hmm. and i moved to scotland uh and then i moved back in 2005 and 2006 i think she moved back from back east and uh yeah we both went to see blade runner which is our both of our favorite films at the rio theater historic rio theater uh, yeah and then we just we gave it a shot and mm. she's such a good person yeah <laughs> you know? she's and very very kind we just had a, a wonderful time and uh and then kept
0: it going yeah and here we are here you are you know 11 12 years later yeah um so in talking about friends and family and, and well that's like it, that. well that's one of those things that like anyway yeah no i
1: like sonia a lot <laughs> Right, yeah. you know, and some people like they they love somebody so passionately, and and for me, the winds of love are so ephemeral, and and passion is is by its nature brief, and yeah. uh, to keep that level of intense, you know, nine and a half, ten level. Yeah. The, you know passion going every time it starts to wane a bit people are like oh we're we're not in love anymore and they, yeah. oh no and uh and and i'm like well that that can come and go but i like yeah. sonia a lot yeah <laughs> and like that, more than more than most people on earth right and that yeah. counts for so much absolutely like liking somebody yeah and, and, and that leads to respect and that leads to kindness and it's like love is is a form of insanity as plato said right you know mm. like and uh it could turn on a dime. It's got no problem turning on a dime. And um, so, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there.
0: Uh, It's funny. That reminds me of a a quote I'm working on. Uh, I don't know what to use it for, but it's just, uh, Madness is just a comedian who no longer needs an audience. Sure. (laughs) Boy, that's good. Yeah. That's real good. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, Yeah. I like... um, you and your family very much. Mm-hmm. Um and that makes so much sense to me. I, I having been somebody who was just a road dog for so long, um and uh never being really in one place for more than a couple of weeks um, really made for relationships to uh, uh dissolve yeah in, in very chunky ways. Sure. You know. Um and uh luckily I am still friends with almost all of those people yeah yeah some have have just faded away and they're they're married they have kids whatever but they'll gladly add me back on social media sure sure. um and so i feel very fortunate and grateful that my camouflage didn't uh stop them from digging (laughs) yeah you know yeah um but uh the other side of life is death and uh i this is part of the conversation that i usually bring in because um you know i think most people i talk with can't handle it Mm. you know the death is uh is something they don't want to think about they don't want to talk about it it's something they avoid very 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 much um where are you with death i'm not
1: into it especially i'm I'm scared of it especially now that what i have in life is so valuable Mm -hmm. you know like i want to see my daughter become an adult Mm -hmm. and uh and i don't want to scar her by leaving when she's young
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know so things like that um occur to me daily mm-hmm. and uh you know i it took me such a long time to process my own dad passing away it's like the how old uh, were you uh 40 no 35 it was 2005 okay uh so yeah i would have been like 30 34 35 like he died not knowing what I do for a living. Like I can explain to him, I work with computers to make, you know, little videos for video games. And he's like, that's cool. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Why, you know. why would you do that? But because he, he was a bus driver, but he didn't stain glass on the side. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I would take it a step further and do something creative for a living mm-hmm. rather than just do a hobby. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, so a long time dealing with that one and Zacchaeus right like I still Uh I still don't believe he's gone yeah I still can't get my head around that um I like so like people that work in palliative care or something like that like I just I I my hat's off to them I worship them I'm like you're doing something that is so important and something that I feel like I couldn't do for more than two hours Mm -hmm. without just dissolving you know and like, I remember once I got invited to do, uh, like, a comedy poetry showcase at a, a kid's palliative care unit, right? And I was like, come make these dying kids uh, laugh. And I'm like, I know how important that is, but I would be sobbing my face off throughout the entire yeah. set. There's no way I'd be able <laughs> that, to. Yeah, that, uh, uh, that's not me.
0: <laughs> I, can't, I, I might have to say no. You know? and, uh, and I've gotten to a point in my life where I have to, I have to say yes now to that thing. Um, it is uh, In the last 16 months I've lost 10 people Oh my um, gosh dude <laughs> It's a lot And it's not slowing down It's right. actually speeding up You know yeah. And that's the thing with like I left Facebook um, And uh, With the express purpose of Narrowing down like The biggest circles of my friends And going and seeing them mm going and instead of like yeah maybe i won't see you for a year or two but i will come see you as soon as i get a chance to you know Mm -hmm. and um and having lost so many people i thought you know like oh gosh i didn't know what they were up to even though i i could have probably checked in with their their facebook i would still just be looking at their camouflage on facebook sure yeah yeah, sure what's really going on you know or or it's just a concentration of anger and sadness on their feed, you know? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe this is happening in the world. Okay, those are your opinions. That's that's how you, that's what you think of things. How are you? How are you? You know? And, um, and so I, I think that with, like, so much death on the horizon for me, before I go, I want to be as comfortable with that as I can while also doing the work to go and see the people who mean something to me, you know? And so, um, and being as present as I can, you know? Um, because I realized that um, I don't need to put on the camouflage anymore, you know? I don't have to. Um, uh, if I'm in the room with people who I oh, I just love, then it's like, I, just, I wanna make you laugh because I love the sound of your laughter. I yeah, love the yeah. sound of their laughter, his laughter, her laughter, what have you, you know? Um, and so uh, I think that you know, while death is a scary thing, it's a scary concept, there are moments where I'll just suddenly have this like just five minutes of sheer panic. I'm like, oh man, I will not see the year 2022, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to see it. It's not, that's not possible. Not with all the fucking smoking I've done. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? And then I have this moment, I'm like, but I did see 1989 yeah i did see 1996 yeah great you know some good years for movies um good years for my social life good years for you know uh you know uh, making out with a girl for the first time sure you know oh that was so awesome (laughs) she lived in seattle now um but you know and so um i could i could talk to you for a very very long time um what is something that you've learned uh in the last two years that is has been very valuable to you oh uh that if like if i was trapped on a desert island with my wife and daughter i'd be just fine <laughs> just fine yeah we'd make it work and we'd have a whale of a time I, i'm assuming you mean like this whole house gets uprooted and dropped onto an no island. i don't even right. mean that oh no i mean coconuts and palm trees on our
1: clothes rotting off our bodies we do what we could and we yeah. would have a great time doing that's it. good um that's uh, that's something that I learned. That you know, I always suspected, but it was nice mm. to have it. For <laughs> forced, and, but it, but it also really sort of reminded me of how like going through this pandemic by yourself without that, Oof. and not being as social as we are. Like if I went through it by myself, I still would have connected with a lot of people online and did what I could, yeah. and probably would have just like. Watched so many movies and wrote so many yeah. you know stories and poems and and really dove into my like I'm really curious about the wave of art that's gonna come out oh yeah during like that's been generated over this last two years yeah um yeah, so that's that's just that's one of the things that I've learned, and I really realized that yeah that this a lot of people's lives were probably ended by just loneliness over the last two Absolutely. years, not even uh sickness, but just I literally can't go out mm-hmm. and socialize and talk to anybody. And the loneliness can, loneliness is a killer and um, it's unavoidable Yeah. and it takes years off your life. And it, if the whole society comes to a stop and you're not good with being alone.
0: So, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I, I just, like. I think the thing I'm most grateful for through the pandemic is the internet. <laughs> you know, if this had happened and there was no internet, well, I, th- I think there would have been a lot more like people having bonfires in the streets and sitting mm-hmm. around. You know what I mean? You, you, I do. I do wonder a lot, like because there
1: was a misinformation that was all kicked around there on the internet because of the internet. But at the same time, we all found out about things quicker and could shut down quicker and could pivot quicker as a society. Mm -hmm. And I can work remotely.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like, so there's all these pluses and all these drawbacks and I don't know, the internet's fascinating. Uh,
0: I think the thing that I look forward to the most, uh, considering that I don't look forward to ending this podcast by any means, Mm -hmm. uh, is that we will talk again. Um, and that's the whole point of this. Um, but I do have two final questions for you. First question is, um, uh. Um, what is what is some advice that you would give your younger self? Say half your life, half your life ago, twenty five. What what advice would you give your twenty five year old self?
1: It's weird, you know, because I think about the time machines it's like a time machine question right like Mm -hmm. what would you do if you go people always say like what would you do if you go back 10 years i'd be like i'd be like bitcoin hits 50k you know or uh, a lot of people (laughs) have that kind of the secret to financial success and and uh you know i don't know i'd probably tell them i'd probably tell them to go easier on a couple of people Mm -hmm. um You know, but my entire life I've raged against the dying of the light, and a lot of times that's been a really dumb idea, Mm. and a lot of times it's been really valuable. And I I don't know. So many cool surprises are in store for that twenty-five-year-old. I don't really don't know what I would tell him. I just I would probably just say, "Behold the ravages of age," you know, and and do a little do a little dance for him or something to freak him out. I don't really, uh, (laughs) you know. I don't. (laughs)
0: That would definitely freak him
1: out. (laughs) I really don't know. uh, You know what? I mean, a lot of. If I could go back, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, it's a lot different than if I could go back and okay, be twenty five with my current brain. Yeah. Right. Like, there's a lot of like, if I could go back into my nineteen year old body and have this brain, it's like the amount of sex. I would have like safe consensual sex i would have with people that i wanted to but was insecure about approaching um you know would be a lot more so i'm like would it be valuable to go yeah. back and do that probably not yeah. <laughs> you know like who who cares yeah you know when i think or or i would invest more wisely or i would do the you know the you know the biff <laughs> the biff tanner you yeah. know make Sports more almanac you know make more money um Make more money, have more sex, and that's like so that in a way would be kind of a waste of time sure. to go back in time.
0: Yeah, that's so I,
1: I don't really know what I would do other than to say, you know, if I would go back now and say, dude, like, I, I guess I would say quit smoking immediately, mm. right? You know, because um, yeah, I didn't quit till I was like thirty-five, mm-hmm. and uh, what a waste of time and money that whole oh, thing yeah. is. It's awful. There's nothing in the pluses column. It's no. all all minus um yeah i guess maybe i would just say quit smoking yeah i'm glad i finally i, I finally did it's been like 15 years now i haven't smoked and
0: yeah I'm up,
1: but I'm i am coming up on 11 and i'd like to say to him you know hey you make it to 50 because hmm. you didn't
0: think you would no yeah. god no I didn't but i think i think we 50. all kind of don't expect to right
1: well and that's the other thing now i live so hard
0: i'm gonna burn out there's that
1: bit in um Nightmare on Elm Street, where the lead character has been up for like three weeks, and she's got a little shock of white in her hair. Oh, yeah. And uh, her friend is like, oh, my God, Nancy, what happened to you? You look like you're 20. <laughs> and uh, when I saw it when I was 17, I was like, that is old. Yeah, oh my that's gosh. real old. But then I didn't watch it again until I was like 35 at, the, at the, the Rio Theater, or no, at some repertory theater during a, a horror marathon. And I was like, "That that line landed like comedy dynamite oh, the yeah. whole room exploded like
0: 20 ah, which is probably why it was in the film
1: you know yeah, yeah and then but when people um when i was younger when people would say oh this person passed away and they were you know only 50 i'm like pff, pff, only 50 what are you talking that's about a half <laughs> <of> <laughs> ancient. <laughs> that's ancient and now that i'm 50 i'm like 50 uh, awfully dang young yeah 50 is actually young they say yeah. like forty's the old age of youth and the youth of old age mm-hmm. you know 40 that sort of yeah demarcation point of Mm -hmm. like you know anything past 40 to a young person is like i don't know it's 75 55 whatever it's all kind of old to me
0: but when you're 50 you're like 50 is not old no (laughs) i do feel that though 70 is i feel like 70 is the beginning of old like old 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 yeah and
1: i've talked to 70 year olds who are like that's correct yeah (laughs) Yeah. i don't feel
0: 70 but my body is very 70 yeah and uh well, that's the weird thing, too, is that you're like getting up and you're just like, you're like yeah, well, I mean, 27 was just so only so long ago. And and then but you, your your body's like, yeah, but now is now and it is it's not great. <laughs> yeah. And
1: you're always talking like, you know, like when you're when you're 20, you're like, oh, I wish I was 15 again. Uh, or maybe you're not. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't want to be back in high school. But no. like, you know, or you know, when you're 30, you're like, oh, I wish I was 20 again. And when you're 40, you're like, I wish I was 30 again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and like, I don't. Know, now that I'm 50, I'd love to be 40 again. 40 is like frolicking through the fresh <laughs> spring dew amongst the dandelions and the butterflies. Like, yeah. like 40. Oh, 40 yeah. was magic. 40 was magic. You know, yeah. like, so you, you got to be careful yeah. about looking back yeah. too fondly. Because right now is great
0: Well I I think uh, I think it would be I don't think people could handle Putting their adult brains Back in their teenage bodies No I don't think I don't. I, I think we, we think like oh, but I'm so so brilliant now. It's like yeah, but you got to get back into the time. <laughs> I'd make different mistakes. That's yeah. the
1: only thing I do is yeah. I'd yeah. make some slightly different mistakes with the knowledge yeah. that I have. It, it always kind of bothers me when people are like, oh, "It's always
0: because if, it's if always, I knew then what I know now, well, it's, it's like, always sneaky, right? It's yeah. always like it's kind of almost criminal the things that you're like oh the things I could get away with the yeah. shortcuts I could take
1: yeah yeah so what uh, yeah
0: um, yeah I wouldn't go back in time. Um, I might go back and look I would like to go back to a time I didn't exist in and just just observe just watch or like. forward like I'm so oh, yeah. dang curious about where we end up if we
1: all died out and nature took back over mm-hmm. I would love to just be like a drone footage yeah. of you know yeah. 10,000 years after the death of the human race I'd yeah. love no way to see that and I would love to see it and I'd just see like if aliens did contact us mm-hmm. and they were peaceful and yeah. they were into the trading of information I'm like oh man if that happened while I was alive can you imagine but I was around for, like you said 99 the, the turning of the century mm-hmm. I, I, the internet happened while I'm alive yeah. like I went from, it's like that when your when you're, your grandmother went from like no cars. To yeah. cars, to planes, to, to planes. landing on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> in know? a lifetime. In a lifetime.
0: That's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. we've had something similar. Yeah. Um, my final question mm-hmm. is uh, name two people who you think I don't know, uh, who you think I would probably have a very good conversation with on this podcast.
1: Uh, the three I would mention, I guess, maybe, are Sam Dolmage from the comedy troupe that I was in. Who I don't think you've met, Melody Mangler, who I think you have met. I have, right? Yeah. But um, burlesque was such a big part of my life, and she knows so many people, and she's so amazing. I think talking to her would be fantastic. And Simon Hussey, who was in charge of Spectral Theater, which was also a, a, a big being a being in the plays, the short plays that that company put on, mm-hmm. were amazing times in my life. And uh, he's recently just did a documentary on the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And he'd be a, a really good person to talk
0: to as well. Okay, yeah. If they're up for it, yeah. I don't know. It would. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Um, I um, I really appreciate this time with you, Duncan. Mm. It's uh, again hard to push stop on a device that mm. I had a hard time pushing start on. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. <That's> right. uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Me too. I love you. Love you too. Uh, uh. Thank you to my friends and family for appearing on these episodes. I love you. And thank you to Ben Henderson for the music in this episode. New episodes of OverSocial will be available to my Patreon subscribers on Thursdays and on Mondays everywhere else. Follow me on Instagram at Mighty Mike McGee and at MightyMikeMcGee.com. And please, have a great day.
1: Wait what? Redo. Redo. Hello. Hello? Redo. I can't hear Holly. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Wait. Baby. Restart. Wait. Restart. Um. Yeah. Restart. How do you restart? How do you